everybody, and welcome back to the Red Beard Outdoors podcast. I'm Jonathan, your host, and here at Red Beard Outdoors, I talk about faith, family, fitness, and the outdoors. On Tuesday, I give you gear reviews, tinkering Tuesday, things that I use that help further my, whether it be fitness or outdoors journey, archery, whatever it may be, I want you guys to understand what I enjoy, and therefore I do gear reviews. And then today, being Saturday, I get to share awesome conversations that I've had with some amazing individuals, whether it be experts in their field, people who have started businesses, uh, and then average Joes like you and me that go out and have found success on a consistent basis uh, in their journey of whatever their journey may be. So here we go, guys. Thanks for tuning in. I do ask that if you enjoy this podcast, please follow, leave a review. It takes a quick second. All I need is your help with that. And then, of course, we also have other show sponsors, partners, affiliates down below. Always check the links down below if you need any type of gear, uh, whether it be nutrition, workout, uh, or just in the backcountry. Go check it out. Save yourself some money. Now, guys, today I've got an amazing group of guys. So this is the first time I think I've done, nope, second time because the other time was in person uh, with Braxton and Jared. This is the second time that I've had two people on at the same time. And we have Joe and Dennis from Initial Ascent. Guys, these men are awesome individuals that are just one of a kind. They have both come from not living out west originally, not grown up out here, to moving out here loving the outdoors, getting into backpacking, getting into hunting out west, and then creating a product of their own. You may know as Initial Ascent. The Initial Ascent pack is the one that I'm going to be running this year. I've loved their packs. I love the guys over there. Their team is outstanding. These men are men of faith. They love their families. They love the outdoors. So what isn't there to like? I can't find anything. <laughs> You're going to really enjoy this one, guys. Look forward to little golden nuggets that they share their stories as to why they created initial ascent out of necessity, basically, as they both struggled in their own way with uh, backpacks in the past. I also want to announce that we have a partnership. They are now a partner of the show. Super stoked about that. Again, I love partnering with amazing companies and people like Joe and Dennis just make the company outstanding. So go check them out, guys. Uh, with that being said, let's get into the conversation with Joe and Dennis from Initial Ascent. All right, everybody, welcome back. We've got an amazing, we've got two guests on tonight. That's not, it's not usual. I've usually just got one person I'm talking to here. So we have Dennis and Joe from Initial Ascent. Now, these guys have created a product that is outstanding, uh, but not just with their packs. They've also gone out and both of them live a healthy lifestyle. They really enjoy, maybe sometimes not so much enjoy, but they get after it in the gym. They definitely make sure that they're healthy and fit and they live the lifestyle. They're not just making products for people. And that's something that I really uh, was drawn to. And then on top of that, Dennis just has this Southern draw that isn't from Idaho. And it just reminds me of home being from North Carolina. So these guys are real down to earth. They know what they're doing, know what they're talking about, and they go out and they just get after it. So uh, I guess we'll start with you, Joe. Uh, in a nutshell, who are you? Well, I'm Dennis's sidekick. Um, you know, <laughs> <laughs> no, so um, my name's Joe Elliston. You know, I've been um, been out here in Idaho now since what 2004. Um, I'm I'm originally from Kansas. 
you know, so I, you know, Western style hunting is new to me. Um, new in the fact that I didn't start doing it till 2004, 2005, but yeah, I grew up in Kansas. I'm a flatlander. You know, I grew up waterfowl hunting, uh, quail hunting. You know, we always made a trip up to South Dakota to go pheasant hunting. Um, did a little bit of whitetail, but not much, but yeah, I grew up there until the, till the mid nineties and went to school, university of Kansas. And, then decided, you know what, needed to, to spread the wings a little bit. And where else, better place to do that than Las Vegas. So I moved moved out uh, to Las Vegas, never been west of the Rockies. And it was a culture shock beyond culture shock. Um, I, I jumped into to corporate America with Black & Decker and did a bunch of roles for them and, and moved all over the country for them for a lot of years. And um, ended up up here in Idaho in, in like I said earlier, 2004. And um, just never looked back, fell in love with the Western style backpacking, the hunting. Um, so, yeah, that's that's a little bit about me. I mean, I'm a father of two. We've got two boys. Um, it's been a lot of fun seeing them grow up. They're now young men. And um, one's 21, who is Brody. And then Ty, my youngest, is, is 19. And then uh, my wife and I have been married for upwards of almost 27 years now. So, um long time so that's a little bit about me man 27 years i was so i just turned 31 on saturday <clears throat> so we'll just leave yeah. that there i <laughs> <laughs> um and then you know that's awesome that you've got you got two boys uh you know family men and and you you're still getting after being an entrepreneur that's rough uh that that's that's hard to have such a passion for hunting and entrepreneurship and, you know, be a good father at the same time. So that's, that's, that's a lot to balance there. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. It's, it's, and what's neat is to see the transition with my kids. Both my kids are entrepreneurs. They both have started their own businesses, um, at an early age. And just to see them take that on has been awesome to watch. And it's, you know, it's hard to watch them fail, but in the same breath, it's fun to watch them fail them and see how second. they learn and see what, you know, what they're going to do different. Um, it's, it's been, a, it's been just a getting good. Journey. He's a, he's a <laughs> statue. <laughs> Maybe he'll come back here in a sec. Wow. This is the downfall of not doing them in person. Right. Right. Oh, all right. Well, we'll get back to Joe here in a second. <laughs> Dennis. <laughs> so we got, we got stone cold steve austin here i mean dennis from initial ascent here so uh dennis who are you in a nutshell in a nutshell i was born and raised in uh northwest florida and uh i i too was a flatlander um spent uh my time as a kid hunting fishing trapping and uh, just being outside all the time that was that was back when you know, your parents turned you loose and just told you to be back before dark or shortly after. <laughs> and, and the street uh, lights turn on, right? Well, we didn't have street lights. I, I lived on oh, dirt no. road back <laughs> when there. the lightning bugs show up. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> I lived on the dirt road and um, you know, the nearest neighbor was was about three quarters of a mile and um had a big old pond back there and we had lots of uh Lots of land. We had we had a little bit of our own, but we had we had some uh, paper company land back behind us. And man, I just I spent my time as a kid either fishing in that pond or exploring um, that land back there behind us. And I don't even know how many acres it was, but I did a lot of uh, we did coon hunting back there. We did deer hunting. Um, 
whitetail deer hunting. So I, I did both the stand, um, you know, I sat in stands growing up and I did, uh, we did some dog hunting too. Um, so there's Joe. Yeah. yeah, we got a pretty good thunderstorm going on. Can you guys hear me? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, we got you. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> so, uh, but I uh, yeah, kind of grew up doing that, and, and the big game was fogs, if you call that big game, and then uh, white-tailed deer. And they weren't real big game back there. <laughs> they were, <laughs> they, were uh, they were pretty tiny, really. And you know it was large, so large dogs with antlers, right? That's like... <laughs> basically, um, basically, and there were so many of them back there. Um, we had season, and, and this is this was a huge contrast to when I moved out here, where you got maybe one, two tags a year. Um, there, we bought a hunting license. You didn't have tags. I mean, you. We basically, we had all of October to archery hunt. Um, you could kill one buck a day. And during archery season, you could kill a doe as well. Um, then come the weekend of Thanksgiving, we had four days where we could hunt right with the rifle. And that was a buck a day as well. And then it's about January wow. 10th that started up. And it went through January from January. I'm sorry, December 10th went through January 31st. And that first weekend was doe weekend. So you could kill a buck a day and two does a day uh, during the doe weekend. And then after that, it was a buck a day. So, I mean, you can imagine how the quality might have suffered um, around those parts especially with dog hunters and we didn't have a whole lot of public yeah. land but um but you know there was some pay, that paper company lease and that sort of thing um was back there so you know i i just i grew up my dad he hated sitting in tree stands um he hated being cold um the the most hunting that my dad used to do i mean he he loved running dogs but uh he would go out in the cow pasture, check the cows, and have his thirty thirty with him. And if he saw a buck out there, it may or may not leave with him in the back of his pickup. <laughs> <laughs> but all from the warmth of his pickup. So, um, mm -hmm. yeah. So, anyway, moved out here in, um, in 2000 and uh, been out here for the last 23 years. So... Uh, I've got a wife and three kids, my twin, I've got twins, boy and a girl that are 20 and, uh, my youngest is 17. So, um, got pretty much one, one more, you know, out of the house and, uh, my wife and I are empty nesters. So we're, uh, we're trying to figure out what we're going to do after that. <laughs> right. You know, and it, what's awesome is, uh, first off, I'm going to just commend you for not losing your Southern draw because I, I can't either. It was thicker before you moved out there or you just haven't lost it. I lost it. I think because I spoke Spanish for two years and then came back to Utah. Uh, my wife laughs at me because whenever I'm speaking to people back home uh, or when I get frustrated, my Southern draw comes out. But other than that, it's pretty, pretty even keel. Uh, but then, you know, we were talking to at mountain archery fest and, and I believe you were talking about your younger son, but um, you got to witness firsthand our eight-year-old son being a little, 
a little rambunctious. And, uh, and I think, so Dennis was talking with my wife and they were sitting there. I was taking the older boys over and we were shooting a, a course or the practice range. And, uh, she's talking with you about how rough it is with Asher and he likes to argue and do his own thing and all this. And then all of a sudden she looks over his shoulder and he's in the construction zone <laughs> on top of the biggest dirt pile that you can find. <laughs> and, and It's like, there's proof. <laughs> yeah. And, and you know what, my, I, I thought about that. My son would have been doing the same thing, except for he would have crawled on top of that, uh, caterpillar and fired it up <laughs> and started moving stuff around. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I'm glad he didn't do that. Yeah. And and she said something like Asher said, "Well, the fence was down." You said, "Don't go over the fence." And the fence was down. So I just, you know, it was already down. It's available. <laughs> I'm telling you, Asher is going to I I only spent, you know, probably half hour sitting there watching him and and listening to him and everything. Asher is going to do great things in life. I mean, that kid, he is I'm telling you, he is sharp and Mm-hmm. He's a little, he's a little bit on edge. I, I'm very used to that with, uh, with the son that I raised as well. Um, but man, my, my son turned, turned into be a fine young man and, um, is, uh, is, is going on to do great things. So I, I, yeah. I think Ash will be the same way. And that's why, yeah, we try really hard not to, not to stamp it out of them, but at the same time, man, it is. Like when you have to plan for an extra 10 to 15 minutes before you leave somewhere, just so that you can sit him down, explain why the schedule changed and all these things just for him to get it through his head. Like, man, it's rough, but I agree. And we're trying really hard not to, not to stamp it out of him. Cause he's definitely got some, some awesome energy that'll come in handy uh, down the road when he's not in my house anymore. You bet. Okay. You bet. When he's not in my house anymore. But, exactly. <laughs> Someone else's problem. Right. Uh, <laughs> um, and then, so Joe, you were, you were telling us a little bit about your, your two sons. Um, and then, you know, we had the unfortunate incident there with the lightning strike or whatever happened that knocked you off. But uh, what's, uh, what were you saying about your, your, your two sons that you've raised? Yeah. So, both my boys, it's just, it's exciting to see both of them are, have gone out and started their own businesses and, um, just to see them take that path, you know, and to see them go through the trials, tribulations, you know, that, th- that they're going through trying to manage a business at, at an early age. It's, you know, it's rewarding. It's a lot of fun as a parent just to watch them. And then, you know, it's fun to have those conversations where you sit down and just talk about business with, with your kids, you know, that's, that's a pretty unique, um, unique experience for kids that are 19 and 20, I think 21 now. Um, so it's, it's been a lot of fun just kind of going through that with them. So you're saying that one of these days they will start to understand that dad knows what he's talking about. That's, that's what you're saying. There's hope. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. There is that phase. That phase will come. It will come. So (laughs) because <laughs> right now right now it's just you got to test everything dad says because you know who knows dad could be right maybe maybe you didn't really live these things you know uh but yeah no i love i love being a parent it's one of the most rewarding and most frustrating things at the same time it can take you to your highest highs and your lowest lows in the same day and uh you know but it, it really does it's one of the most rewarding things so for those of those people out there i do say like i'll never tell someone go have a child. But if you're wanting to, or you have that inkling to, I say, go ahead and get on it because you know, it, it really is one of the most rewarding things out there. Um, it shows you real quick how so, selfish we are. Right. Yeah. Amen. Oh yeah. 
It does. Yes, it does. And I, and you know what though, I'll still be a little selfish and make them do the things that I like to do until they like it. No, <laughs> no but, uh, you know, it's, it, it really is, it really is awesome to, uh, to be a parent. And I absolutely love that. So I, I want to talk to you guys a little bit because both, it seems like most of us, so you came from the Midwest. I think Kansas is considered the Midwest, Joe. And then Dennis, you came from the East coast. I've come from the East coast and we all fell in love with the public land out here the mountains, getting out, enjoying it, backpacking style, or even just being able to roll up 10 minutes and be at a trailhead and be able to go for days, you know, without signal. Uh, we all kind of fell in love with either that style of hunting, backpacking, camping, just adventure. And the fact that we'll never really conquer the mountains. You know, uh, when I first came out here, we had the Appalachian mountains in North Carolina, um, and driving through Kansas, I don't think there's many mountains out there. Um, I, I think I, I don't know. I could see Colorado from when I entered Kansas. Uh, but you know, and then Florida, you know, Florida's pretty flat as well, but there's a lot of trees blocking your view. Um, you know, we, with the Appalachian foothills, which is what people out here would call them, but the, the Appalachian mountains are a lot shorter and smaller and they seemed a lot more manageable. And you come out here and there's just so much again, public land, big old mountains. Uh, I guess, Joe, what, I guess, what was your first adventure? What do you remember when you first got into the mountains that got you really hooked and not wanting to go back to Kansas? Yeah, I think it's, you know, it's interesting. We're talking about our kids and early on, there was a couple dads, two of my good friends that we, we decided we wanted to go out with the boys, you know, up in the mountains, go backpacking. And, you know, we kind of coined it man camp. You know, you know, I had my two boys and they were young. I think Ty was probably maybe, seven or eight years old. Brody was, you know, nine or 10 years old. So they were, they were very young. Um, and then my other friend, he had a couple boys and then the, the third dad, he had, he had two sons as well. So, I mean, we had a pretty good group and that was actually my very first backpacking trip was when we went to that very first man camp and we took all the boys up there. Um, I didn't know what to expect. I borrowed a friend's backpack. It was an REI backpack. And, you know, the only camping I'd ever done was, you know, when I was a kid on the, you know, back in Kansas, you know, when we'd go float a river or something like that. So I didn't know what to take. And so I took what I knew, which was a lot of heavy stuff. Um, <laughs> I want to say I went in almost like 83, 84 pounds for a two day backpacking trip with my boys. And, um, you know, mm. it was insane, you know, carrying that in there. It was only like a two mile hike, but I was as big as a Volkswagen, but, you know, Volkswagen bug on the back of my, my, my backside. It was huge, um, <laughs> going in and, you know, of course I had two tarps. I had a lantern, a full size lantern. Um, you know, I had a Coleman stove. I mean, you name it. I literally carried it up there cause I'd never done it before. And you know, we got up there and I had a tent literally from high school. Um, man, it was, it was, I was a train wreck going in there, but you know what? We got up there. Was it a canvas wall tent? Okay. Pretty close. Pretty close. Um, <laughs> you know, you don't know what you don't know though. Right. And so I backpacked in, I just thought, well, this is just how it is until I saw my buddies and what they were carrying. And it quickly, I started to learn gear is important. Um, but we got up there and it was amazing. It was an amazing weekend. 
until the second night and it absolutely stormed like crazy and i can remember reaching over and grabbing ty who was you know like i said probably seven years old eight years old and i pulled him over to me because i could feel him shaking but when i did that i pulled him over he was in a coleman sleeping bag right and um we had three of those (laughs) i pulled ty over close and he was literally sleeping in soaking water and it was just like, oh, man, this is miserable for him. He never complained. But, you know, the next day we got up and there was no way I was getting a Coleman sleeping bag to dry out. So I think I went in at 83, 84 pounds. I probably went out close to 100 because everything was so soaking wet. And um, I can remember people parting the ways. It was like the Red Sea parting as I was coming down because I was so wide, you know, with this giant beetle on my back. And... Um, <laughs> That was my first experience backpacking. And um, once I got down that mountain, I knew one thing for sure. There had to be a better way of doing this. And uh, <laughs> that was my first experience in the backcountry was was backpacking. And then I just, I just fell in love with the backpacking side of it. I wasn't into the hunting as much at that point. I did a lot of backpacking and just started buying, you know, new gear, um, bringing my weight down within reason and, just getting out and experiencing what I'd never had an opportunity to see coming from Kansas. So it was, we're going to hit this trail and we're going to hit this trail. And that was kind of our thing every weekend for years of just getting out, seeing what God had to offer, which was amazing. No, that's awesome. That, you know, I was, I was going to ask you how you guys came up with the idea of initial ascent, but I think you already answered that. Uh, so, okay. <laughs> man, I can't imagine an, an REI backpack with 80 pounds in it. Like, I mean, you might as well just had a Jansport on at that point. Oh, man. And, uh, it, man, that, and did you have like cans of refried beans and stuff too? Like canned oh, like beef I'm stew? Sure we and, did. You know, um, yeah, yeah. I'm sure we had all of that. <laughs> You know, full on coffee can. Uh, oh, I mean, whole nine yards. Yeah. But it was, you know what? I, had, I look uh, back you know on, what, like I said, I... man. No, go ahead. No, I just, it, you, you just don't know what you don't, you know, you don't know until you get a chance to experience yeah. it and see it. So it was, it was fantastic. Yeah. And your buddies didn't really, they didn't really do a pack audit for you, I guess. Or, you know, I could even see them at the trailhead kind of chuckling and be like, oh man, oh. he's in for it. <laughs> he is well, in for it. <laughs> it's funny you say that because literally, and I got to get the picture from my buddy, Ed, they snapped a photo of me leaving. He said they literally just, cause I, I took off a day early because I couldn't get anything dried out. And, um, they literally were laughing mm-hmm. hysterical watching me walk away. Cause I look like a beetle <laughs> going out there. <laughs> oh oh man that's crazy that's yeah. that's crazy but that's you know that's a good learning experience and i i, I definitely would say uh, a lot of flatlanders would, would uh would not know what to pack and that that just kind of goes back to like people that have experienced that and this it's a big reason why you know i enjoy talking about gear and and getting it out there as much as i can whether it be on social media or youtube or just chatting with people in person is because I forget and I love having those conversations with people that are new to, again, backpacking or gear or boots or whatever it is, bows. And and going back to the start, even though for me it was only a couple of years ago, but still um, sharing that knowledge with people and breaking it down with them like, hey, you don't have to have the nicest of nice things, but here's where you can start. This is where I started kind of deal. And without going through those experiences, you definitely 
uh, it, it, that you'll never forget that. And I'm sure your kids will never forget that either. And so, yeah. you know, that that's a great experience to have sucks in the moment, but it's one of those you look back on, you're like, all right, I learned from that, you know? So that yeah. that's awesome. That's a, that's a cool story there. And then, uh, Dennis, what about you? What got you hooked on, on the mountains out here after, uh, being able to shoot a buck a day and a doe a day and, you know, going from that to maybe possibly drawing a tag, for the entire season yeah it was it, it was definitely a wake-up call for me and i mean the whole the whole experience of western style hunting is 180 degrees from what i was used to not only the terrain but the animals themselves the number of tags that you could have or the number of animals that you could legally harvest took some getting used to for sure um, my first experience when, when I came out in 2000, that fall, I got to go on my first elk hunt and what an experience it was. Um, at the time I, I was into horses and, um, and so were the buddies of mine that I was hanging out with and they, um, had done this elk hunt for for years and the guy that was kind of in charge of it he planned out the entire thing knew where we were going he had two wall tents one was a the sleep tent one was the cook tent he planned out meals um basically two meals a day he would get up and he was a he was a dutch oven you know type cooking chef whatever he was he was the man he he and i've never been around dutch ovens either so i didn't even know what it was so he brings out all the stuff we spent probably we i don't know how much money a piece we spent but there was probably probably six of us i guess on that trip and this guy got up four in the morning started cooking things i mean we had a full-on breakfast that came out of the dutch oven before we ever left camp in the morning um well before daylight and um we would have sandwich fixings we got to fix our own sandwich you know chips and all this stuff that we could throw in our packs for the day and we were on horses so we were we were traveling on horses and uh and doing that whole thing and then when we got back um no matter what time it was, he was doing this fancy meal. You know, we'd have enchiladas one night. We'd have barbecue ribs one night, all done in the Dutch oven. This was my experience. This was my first experience elk hunting. And I'm thinking, this is okay. <laughs> now, I've never been part of anything like this <laughs> in my life. And so now the one thing they didn't tell me was, they had they had so we took multiple pickups all of them you know pulling trailers um and you know hauling the horses but there were a couple of pickups that were only for food and there was one pickup that was only for beer <laughs> i don't know that in in a week's time that I could see so much beer consumed in one spot and still be able to go the next morning. It was 
unbelievable. Mm. So we didn't get an elk that that trip. We did not kill any elk. You don't say. Well, I know. And we <laughs> we almost had a we almost lost a horse and the guy that was on it, um, which they said that was kind of par for the course at the, at the time. You know, because I got told the story that most people in Idaho don't they'll have a horse but they don't get it out but once or twice a year and so you get horses that hmm. go up in the mountains they're out of shape and they get tired and next thing you know they're rolling off the hill um so it was it was quite the experience for me so i hunted for a couple of years um but that's what introduced me to hunting in the mountains and it was an awesome time. Um, I, I didn't realize people hunted like that. And, and so, hmm. um, that was a great thing. But my next question, especially when I started seeing people backpack and taking everything on their backs, I'm trying to figure out how I'm going to get the Dutch ovens and all this food and everything <laughs> in my backpack and up on the mountain. Ask Joe. He'll tell you. Right. I can tell you. I backed right. exactly how to do it. <laughs> right. So my experience, my, my, my deal with initial ascent, you know, maybe subconsciously I was creating a backpack that could haul lots of Dutch ovens and, you know, and finally make that base camp thing come true. I don't know. That's really what those notches on the frame are for is Dutch ovens, not quarters. You guys are, you guys are you, misleading you people. You just came up with a new use for the, for the notches on the frame. <laughs> now I'm going to have to do it. I'm just going to have to go out have there and create it. a reel just it. for, yeah, here's, here's the Dennis edition of the backpack guys. It's on the website. I promise. It's... Yep. I want that. <laughs> Oh man, that's awesome. No, that that's cool. You guys definitely had some very different experiences. Um, I can see why Dennis got hooked and then Joe, uh, you just really embraced the suck and enjoyed it anyway. So, yeah. <laughs> Dennis yeah. over here was living in the Taj Mahal. <laughs> I, I still in my life I've never been to a camp like that ever. I mean, it's just wow. It's it's just a completely different way of thinking um than than backpacking. And I love to backpack. I love being in charge of my own stuff and seeing how light I can get it and, you know, seeing how prepared I can be with being so light. Um, it's There's an art to mm -hmm. it. And like Joe was saying, it's just, I mean, just trial and error. You know, you, you buy a few things here and there and, and you just try to keep bringing that pack weight down. But then there comes a time where, um, and I think when you get to a certain age, um, you're gonna you're gonna spend a few of those ounces on creature comforts, um, you know, especially like sleeping pad, you know, being being one, and maybe um, maybe a, a, a pillow. When you when you get older, you 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 want some of those things. Sometimes you have to have those things, mm -hmm. um, you know, to to make your time in the backcountry um, more enjoyable and to get that much needed sleep uh, that you know that you have yeah. to have. Pardon the brief interruption here, guys. I just wanted to give a shout out to the amazing show partners and affiliates that we've got here. First and foremost, of course, I want you to come join us over at Redbeard's Fit Crew. Guys, we have an amazing challenge starting July 10th. I want you in on that. You can win some great prizes, but also 
gain some confidence in yourself and a great community by coming and joining us over at Redbeard's Fit Crew. Also, First Form Outdoors. Guys, we have another challenge with First Form, an eight-week challenge starting July 10th as well. If you have any questions, let me know about your questions. I want to know. Shoot me a message. Uh, best place is probably Instagram or shoot me an email. Really responsive there as well. Love to hear from you guys. But let's get in on these challenges. You can win up to $50,000 if you start here July 10th. If you're hearing this after that, sorry about that. But definitely come join us over at Redbeard's Fit Crew and get in on that challenge as well. Show partners. We've got First Form. If you need everything from whatever kind of supplementation you may need, come check it out. Use the link down below. Save money, free shipping for life if you use that link down below. If you have any questions, again, reach out to me. We've got Alpen Fuel and Heather's Choice, Black Ovis, All In Digiscoping, A3 Archery Bowstrings, Cryptech, Kestrel Glassing Systems, Quattro Archery Stabilizers, Go Ruck, Sheep Feet Custom Orthotics, Absolute Aid CBD, My Medic, Affect Beard Oil, Muley Freak Bino Harness, The Game Changer, and Bow Hunters United. Guys, check out all those links down below. Again, if you have questions, shoot me a message or an email. Look forward to seeing you over at Redbeard's Fit Crew and First Form Outdoors. Now, let's get back to this great conversation with Joe and Dennis. Yeah, that good recovery. No, for sure. That's, you know, that, and, and I agree. It's, uh, I just, man, it, I love hearing people's stories, um, you know, their first times going out in the mountain because you get such drastic, different views of, of your experiences here. I mean, that, I, I don't think you could really get further apart in your experiences, uh, than, than you guys, you know, and you guys, like you really did, you guys, you guys both had some very drastically different experiences and they still drew you to staying in the mountains and enjoying it. Um, and you know, I, I had a, I had a similar experience with a buddy of mine. Um, he's my best friend now. And, uh, he's the one that really got me into Western hunting. Cause I was on the verge of moving back East, uh, mm. because if you're in the Valley here, you just kind of look at it and you're like, man, it's dry. You know, being from the South, you understand it's, it, you know, the humidity and the greenery and you're surrounded by wildlife everywhere to the point where you're sometimes dodging deer on the mm -hmm. road to go from that to this desert and just surrounded by concrete, it was kind of frustrating. And then even when you look at the mountains, it's, they're dry, they're not green. They don't change like the Appalachian mountains do in the fall. They, I notice it now, but back then, like it was drastically different. And so, uh, being able to get up in the mountains. <clears throat> and I remember when he first invited me on a hunt, um, and he's one of those guys that's always like onto the next ridge. He doesn't like to sit in glass. I think the longest I've gotten him to sit in glass was 20 minutes. I think that's the longest. And so like when I hear people talk about glassing for hours, <laughs> I'm like, you know, that would be nice sometimes, but not like that's what we say on Brent's on Brent's uh, headstone. It's going to say onto the wow. next ridge. Cause that's really like he'll glass. He hasn't seen anything. He's gone. He's like, you can catch me over there or not, whatever, but I'm going. And, uh, he's just one of those guys. And so, um, but anyway, I absolutely love it. Now, you know, go up by myself, take my boys up. Uh, we'll go up with other, other guys as well. And I just absolutely love it. Fell in love with the, the mountains. Um, the first time I came across a mule deer was actually on a college campus. And I literally looked at my girlfriend at the time. I was like, who put antlers on that horse? Like, <laughs> <laughs> Cause like, I'm so used to whitetail and even, you know, in the South we have small whitetail. We don't have like Illinois, Ohio whitetails. And so, 
you know, I, I, I look at it and I was like, man, it, you know, there was a cougar on campus chasing these mule deer. I mean, it just, they were just bedded right there, you know? And I'm like, who, well, these are horses. These are not deer. I don't know what you're talking about. And so, you know, just, just experiences like that. It is so much fun and uh, it gets you hooked, but um, you know, I, I don't, I guess I, I don't need to ask Joe, you know, why he created initial ascent. So we'll go to Dennis. No, I'm kidding. Uh, Joe, what, what, uh, how did you guys come up with this? I guess, did you guys, were you guys working together elsewhere? Did you both come up with an idea for a backpack company? Like how did Joe, how did you come across Dennis and, uh, start this company up you guys? Yeah. I mean, Dennis and I, so Dennis and I used, used to go to church together and we never spoke to each other much there. I was a greeter. So I would say, hello, good morning. And that was about it. And, um, but, you know, we would see each other at church and, you know, we knew our kids were roughly right close in, in age. Um, and then Dennis and I actually are, are my youngest boy, Ty, was on Dennis's son, Trey's flag football team. And I saw Dennis over there at one of the early practices. And I said, you know, I just I knew that guy looked familiar. And I'm like, well, I'm just going to go introduce myself. So I went over, introduced myself to Dennis. And, you know, next thing you know, we're. We're visiting at, at, at all the practices and then getting to know each other at the, at the games on the weekends, which, you know, just led to us having discussions around common interests, which was, you know, out in the hunting side of things. And, um, and then we got involved in a small group together and just, you know, getting to know each other more and more. And we started we ended up started doing some bear and turkey hunting together. I think were our first trips up north and up around Kamei and, you know, that just led to conversations around different packs. By this time I had moved off the REI backpack and, um, you know, was trying all different kinds of packs that were out on the marketplace, you know, and then Dennis and I would just talk to each other about, Hey, what do you like about this? What do you like about that? We would trade packs out and try different packs on, you know, so Dennis would have a pack, I'd have a pack and we'd switch it out a little bit. And just, it just led to a lot of really good conversations around hunting and the outdoors and gear. And at the same time, while all this is going on, our families became really, really close. Um, we started going to the Western Hunt Expo together as families. It was just something that our kids look forward to. We look forward to as adults. And we would go every year, our two families, and just had an absolute blast going down to the expo down in Salt Lake. So this went on for years and years. And, you know, one of the things that Dennis and I always gravitated toward at the expo were the backpacks. Because... There were just things out there at that time where there were certain aspects that you liked about this pack, but there was not a perfect pack out there. And I had different things that I wanted in a pack than, you know, and Dennis had specific things that he wanted in a pack. And it just led to a lot of back and forth, back and forth. And I can remember we were at, a, at our small group and Dennis and I were outside and we were talking specifically about one pack. I won't say the manufacturer. But they had this beaver tail that flipped up that kind of created a like meat shelf on the outside of the pack. And I remember saying to Dennis, man, that would be a cool concept if you flipped it the other way and were able to hook it into the shoulder straps and you could make a chair, right, to lean back into. And I remember Dennis saying, well, you should go build that. You should you should go make a backpack doing that. And I said, we should do it together. And it was just small talk. But that was the first conversation that I remember us talking about it. And you know, from there, it just it just continued. And I remember Dennis and I were at the expo one year and we just were kind of like, you know what, we could do this. We could build a backpack that really kind of does everything we want it to do. 
but then it was like, where do you start? Right. I mean, you know, our background certainly is not engineering, you know, so we, um, we started down the path working with Boise state and I had a relationship with there on a different project that I had worked on years before. Um, they had a, what they called the Boise tech help division, which was basically engineers at a reduced cost because you'd leverage students as well as, you know, engineers. And that really took us to a point where we had a testable prototype. And I want to say, Dennis, we probably spent, what, two years, I would guess, kind of in there, a year and a half working with them. Mm-hmm. And it got us to a point, though, where we could actually go test a frame. And it was, it was, it was kind of similar to the shape that we have today. It didn't have any contours or anything like that. But this would have been around 20, 2015, 2015, 2016. And Dennis and I actually were heading out to New Zealand on a once in a lifetime type hunt. And, you know, we, so we were heading over there and we made the decision that, you know what, we're going to go over with our backpacks, at least the frame and suspension. Well, we didn't get that far, but we got the frame done. And so we did, we makeshifted a backpack and (laughs) we're pulling pieces and parts from different companies to kind of put something together. But here we go off on this epic hunt of a lifetime. And we're not taking any other packs other than our framed pack. And we go. And we I mean we totally rolled the dice, which was so stupid when you look back <laughs> on it. But we got over we got over there and um it was pretty awesome, man, because you know, I think I shot a stag and that was the first animal that we kind of put on actually got to put on the pack, and then Dennis shot his stag, and then he shot a chamois, and then we both you know harvested tars. Um and we got to actually use it. And it was like, wow, it worked. It held up, right? It didn't break. And, you know, we knew that we had something because it was comfortable carrying heavy loads. And that was really what Dennis and I kind of set out when it was all said and done. It was like, how do we design something that's going to carry heavy loads more comfortably? That was our goal, right? And so when we got back from that trip, we started working with another, another engineering firm that could take it a little bit further. And then we transitioned to a different engineering firm who we work with today to really take it from where it was to an actual actual you know product that we could sell. And Dennis and I, gosh, we spent the next year and a half just working night and day coming up with all of the different things that we wanted to do, not only from the frame and suspension, but with the bag design, with the hip belt design, all of those things. And it was 2017, we were at the expo and like we had gone every year and we really hadn't told anybody about this, that we were, we were doing this. And, um, I remember Dennis and I talked about, Hey, we're, we're going to have to get a booth some point. And I went over and signed us up for a, a 10 by 20 booth. And I came back to Dennis. And at this point, all we had was our frame done. No, the frame wasn't even done, but that's, I mean, we were more along the way with our frame than anything else. And I said to Dennis, I said, Hey bud, I got good news, man. He's like, what? I said, we got a booth for next year. We got one year, man, to get this thing figured out. And I mean, reality <laughs> hit us, you know, right in the face. Cause I mean, at that point we, we didn't have a bag figured out. We didn't have shoulder straps and hip belts, but we knew we had a foundation that worked and now we just had to go build it and make it so you could produce it. And it was a stressful year. I mean, I tell you, had we tried to do it a year or two earlier, 
some of the materials that we use in our frame didn't exist in the U.S. Couldn't have made it. Couldn't have made the frame to, to perform mm. at the level it does today. So we, firm, you know, it was it was definitely the Lord opening doors when they needed to be open, and um, you know, it, it, it's it's certainly worked out well. And that's kind of how we got to where we are today, at least you know, to the launch of it in 2018. That's amazing. That that's really cool. You know, and I mean, man, I've got so many jokes. You know, I could, I could think of how you guys came up with what you've got, but man, you know, honestly, it's, it's cool that you went on your lifetime a once in a lifetime hunt with like, you had so much faith in what you guys had built that you, that's the pack you took. Yeah. Um, there's not, you know, I, I know you're saying that maybe that's crazy, stupid, whatever, but at the same time, like that shows the level of confidence that you guys had, that you had something that would work. And the fact that the first animal that was put in an initial ascent pack was a red stag, man, like that's a, that's a dream hunt for sure. Like red yeah. stags are awesome. Um, and so that, that's really cool that you guys went out and you did that. And again, it really does kind of all start with small talk and these ideas that you're throwing out with good friends and, uh, you know, just tossing things back and forth. And and so that's cool that that's how, that's how you guys got started. Um, you know, and, and, I mean, I don't think I've ever heard that, that story before. So that, that's really cool. Um, and then 2018, you guys got started. You, you, uh, Joe kind of lit the fire and was like, Hey, you know, we've got a booth, uh, Dennis, we got to have a pack ready. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> this dude, this dude snuck so, off. <laughs> I, I was not paying attention. Oh. He snuck off and <laughs> didn't even tell me what he was going to do. He just comes back with a big smile on his face. And, uh, yeah, it was, uh, it was like that. You remember it was in game on. Yeah. You remember in Christmas <laughs> vacation when Clark tells the family or, or somebody in the family asked if he brought an ax, you know, for the Christmas tree and that bone, mm. that sound effect, that's what went <laughs> through my head. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. But you guys made it, you made it happen. So I guess Dennis, uh, is that, is that a fair story there? What Joe said, or do you have some details to throw in there? Or do you want to start from, from where he said, you know, we've got a booth no, and, and go from there. And you know, I'll add one thing to that. Um, me personally, I had been dealing with back issues for, for years. And, uh, ever since I think 1995, I believe is when I had my back injury and it was a lower back injury and I just struggled with it. And so, all the packs that I owned, um, I just couldn't find anything that would work for me and, and the way my back was. And so, you know, that was, that was one kind of personal thing for me in the designing of, of the suspension and, and the frame and everything is that, you know, I had in the back of my head, this has to work for my back. This has to solve this problem, you know, for me. And, we spent a lot of time, like Joe was saying, um, just on the frame itself, um, trying to get it right. And, um, and we did, it, it, um, it, it turned out, it turned out great. And, you know, my back thanks me. And I think, I, I truly think for me, and you'd be surprised at how many people, especially older folks, um, you know, that, that are, that are past, you know, 35, 40, um, they, 
you'd be surprised how many back injuries and and how many mm-hmm. lower back problems there are out there. I, I had no idea. I thought I was a fun. But there's a lot of myths. And one of the things about this, we believe, is that this is going to add longevity to to your hunting career, if you want to call it that. We think, we think this will add years um, because of the frame we've created, the suspension we have, and, and the ability to carry heavy loads more comfortably. So, so that's a, to me, that, that is, is something that's, that's very important. I think it's, I think it's starting to become really evident, at least to me personally, because, um, I, I feel like I'm going to be able to, to hunt a lot longer, um, with the back that I have. And, um, I'm, I'm pretty excited um, about that possibility, but yeah, you know, 2018, we showed up at Western hunt expo and hadn't told anybody what we were doing. Um, other than a few people that were testing, you know, for us out there. Um, and we showed up and uh, I think there was shock and awe was kind of a thing. And it, I know, I know it was, we were in awe of the show. We were in awe of, of everything, but I think a lot of people were shocked that another group would bring a backpack to the marketplace in a very cr- crowded space. Um, and it was it was a great it was a great show for us. Um, we got to fit a lot of people with, with packs, and you know we didn't have the spiel down um, like like we definitely like we do now um then we were just kind of you know telling our experience and and showing them how we put the pack on and you know this this is what is going to work for you and um i I forget how many packs we sold that first expo but i i think it it really shocked us how many packs we did end end up selling and uh and then it just it just kind of snowballed from there um you know, and we went into the next year and got a little bit bigger booth. And it was, it was a, another, another great experience. And that first show, we started out with our IA4K um, in Coyote and the Pannier Load Carrier. And basically, that was, that was it. That's all we had for, for a pump. Um, so, you know, we've expanded things a lot now. We've got got four colors. We've got you know five different configurations now that uh, you know that are going on the same modular frame and suspension. So it's come a, come a long way since 2018 for sure. Yeah, no, I'd I definitely say it has. You know, I think part of your new spiel at the show, uh, Joe, you should bring that backpack and all the old gear that you had in it. <laughs> and be like, this is what you can carry with our frame. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. A whole lot more comfortably. I promise you that. Yep. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And with your 8K, it'll fit. It'll, <laughs> it'll all fit in the 8K. That is correct. I told Dennis yeah, literally when we Dutch first ovens. were testing. <laughs> yeah. I remember we got one of our first prototype backs on the 8K, which, you know, it's it's a lengthy process. You go through testing all these bags out. 
But I remember grabbing that bag and kind of leaning it up, you know, up to me. I said, Dennis, I got a new sleeping bag. I mean, this thing's so big, I could use it as a sleeping bag. <laughs> so it's uh, it's definitely got Ryan Lampers written all over it and Brian Cole, that's for sure. It's, it's, it's their style of bag. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So just kind of a, a breakdown. Like, I love the way you guys have explained your story and how things have come into play. And, you know, I was going to ask the question of why in such a saturated market, because everyone knows there's so many different backpacks out there. And um, I've run a couple different ones. And I, I will say that your backpack is definitely the best at carrying weight that I've, that I've had. And, um, that was a big problem that I had cause I'm an overpacker. Uh, anyone that's gone with me camping, backpacking, hunting, like you can try and cut stuff out for me, but I want to carry my water in. I don't want to just wait for water, possibly that's up there. And I'm going to have the good snacks. Like you're just going to be well-fed when you go up with me, you know, and I'm willing, and that's why I do my squats and that's why I do my deadlifts and all that. So I can carry it up there. I'm not going to be the fastest guy, but I'll be your pack mule and I'll carry your good snacks. So now that I've got a pack that can, that can carry all that weight comfortably, uh, you know, that could be dangerous for me. I, I could, I could possibly go in 150 pounds rather than coming out 150 pounds. <laughs> Your hunting partners are going to love you. <laughs> oh, I know, right? I'm going to have those Dutch ovens dangling off the side. Yep. And I'm going to have all the good Coleman sleeping bags and everything tucked in there. No, but, uh, right. you know, it's <laughs> no, but in all, in all reality, like I love that there's the different configurations that all fit on one frame. And on top of that, you guys have a frame. Uh, I don't know exactly when you launched it, but the kids women's frame. Um, that's something too, that a lot of people don't offer. You have the smaller frame uh, for kids and for women that generally women that are wanting to get into hunting, backpacking, et cetera, struggle finding a frame that will be short enough for them so that they're not, when they're going up the steep inclines, they're not hitting their head on the back of the frame or on the fabric or whatever. Um, And then when they're trying to glass uphill, they're not whacking their head into stuff on the back of their, you know, uh, behind them because the frame's too big or the suspension is too steep on the load lifters, you know, all of that stuff. And then on top of that, there's a, you know, those of us getting kids into backpacking, um, there's something that they can grow into, you know? So you guys have created that. You guys have solved that issue as well, which is amazing. Um, I want to commend you on on that because not many people will pay attention to that because it's not a huge market compared to men that are going out Mm -hmm. and hunting backpacking. Um, but let's kind of break it down real quick for, for those that are, you know, and I'll, I'll leave the link down below for the listeners, uh, and those watching it, you know, you can go check this out kind of while we're talking about it, but you guys have the, what's the, the frame itself is called the, the men's version is called the integrous frame, the integrous. Yep. Perfect. So we've got the integrous frame and then, uh, you have the pannier and the, and the, uh, the lid, which is basically your day mode. So. The pannier is basically a load shelf. It's got a um, cinch tight pocket in it as well that you can put. Some people like to run bladders. If you want to put puffies in there, snacks, whatever, it's got a built in pocket to it. And then it's got that load lifter that you could put a dry bag or some other kind of bag just for the day to be able to carry your stuff for the day. And then the lid is what, a, uh, how many cubic inches is, is the lid? Yeah, that's six, 600 cubic inches. Okay. So, I mean, it's pretty significant. So all of that, you know, for a day, a day pack is amazing. And then you have the opportunity that if you do end up killing something, you can 
put it in the load shelf and bring it back to camp. Right. Then you've got your, uh, your two, your two K pack, which is about how many cubic inches? 2,000 ish. It's about 2,500. 2,500. Perfect. Okay. So you got the 2,500 cubic inches pack that will also hold the pannier up underneath it against the frame. And also the low you could put the, uh, the lid on it as well. So you can expand that out to 31, 3,200 cubic inches. Yeah. Yeah, About 3000. Perfect. And then you move up from there, you get the 4k, like what you're talking about, kind of your workhorse middle of the middle of the road. That's about 4,400 cubic inches. Yeah. About 40. Yeah. It's closer to probably 46. Cool. Okay. So 4,600 cubic inches plus the, the lid you can get close to, you know, 5,000 ish. And then you move up from there, you've got your 6K and you can run the lid on that and the pannier will fit in between the frame and each of these Mm -hmm. bags. And then now you've got your 8K, which is the monster people that like to have the big bags. Um, And you've got some cool new features with that as well. So what, I guess, each of you guys individually, what's your kind of go-to pack out of, all the configurations that you have. Um, yeah. Which ones, I guess, Joe, which one's your go-to pack? Yeah. I would say for most hunting conditions, the 4k works out extremely well, right? And, you know, if you, if you're going to go anywhere three to upwards of seven days backpacking, which is typically about the type of hunting that I'm typically doing, the 4k is just perfect, right? You know, to Dennis's point earlier, you get better at learning how to pack a pack over time and what gear, you know, the gear goes in this spot and so forth. So for me, my workhorse, I mean, it fits our, fits our portfolio. It is the 4k. It just, it, it works extremely well for, you know, the vast majority of people out there. Perfect. And then Dennis, what's your, which one's your go-to now? I know you're, You've got the plan to run the 8K for all of your hunts. You were telling people about that at, at MAP yep. uh, this year just to put it through its paces. Is that your go-to pack for right now, or what's your what's your go-to you pack? You know, I've, I've, uh, I've also been running the 4K, you know, quite a bit. That That is kind of our, my go-to pack as well. It seems like just with, I mean, with the nature of the business and, um, you know, with, with how many employees Joe and I have um, – you know, which are not many, um, we don't get to get away and hunt. You know, we got, we, we joined this industry thinking that, oh yeah, if we own a pack company, boy, we can, we can hunt a lot. That's not the case. So it seems like the longest hunts we get to go on, uh, these days, at least five, six days, uh, at, at the most. And so, so yeah, that 4k, uh, really fits, fits my style as well. And, you know, one of the things that Joe and I do a lot of, and we've done it together a bunch, we'll pack in there with that 4K, um, you know, and so let's say we're going to spend five days in there. Um, We would pack in there with a 4K and then get to where we're going to camp. And and typically we get to where we're going to go and then we, we choose a spot to where we can hunt lots of directions out of that one camp. So we'll, we'll spike out. Um, And we basically take our camp off and take that 4k bag off and then we'll hunt with our lid and our pannier in day mode and it's light it's fast you've got everything you need for the day's hunt and you're packing meat immediately so um, we really like the versatility 
Awesome. No, I like it. That's, uh, you know, there's so many options you can mix and match. You guys have a lot of accessories as well to go along with it, to organize your bag. There's multiple pockets throughout each of the bags. And as each bag gets bigger, there's more pockets and availability to, to organize things. Um, I, I really do think you guys have an option out there for, for just about everyone. Um, I, I don't really, I can't really think. And, and someone asked me, I can't remember if Joe was there or Dennis, um, but someone asked me like, what's something that I would change personally? Mm -hmm. Um, and in the time that I've run the bag, I honestly, I can't find something that I would change about it. I, there's really not much that I could think of, yeah, and I think, um, yeah, that it doesn't fit the bill. Yeah. Oh, what were you going to say, Joe? No, I think it's, you know, I appreciate you saying that. And I think, you know, you, you mentioned it earlier about the female frame or the youth frame, right? And that was something that, you know, Dennis and I, we were pretty passionate about that side of the business as well, because year after year at the expo, we would have young kids or we would have females come in the booth and you would just see the, the disappointment on their face year after year after year. Because they had, they tried every pack on. And to your point earlier, I mean, it was riding the shoulder straps were always above their ears. And I could tell you, when Dennis and I started prototyping that, we tested the crap out of that frame. Um, when we started prototyping that and testing it, the feedback we got from the ladies and the youth on it, I mean, it was such an awesome experience. But then when we were at the expo and we actually got, you know, a lot of people trying it on and just to see the ladies come in or see the kids come in and actually finally have a pack that fits them. I mean, that's why we created the video called finally, because it was, it was just fitting because the ladies were literally, that was a word we kept hearing over and over and over again was finally <laughs> somebody has taken us serious and built a pack for us. And we're just super excited to be able to do that because it brings more people to Dennis's point earlier they are more likely to go hunt because they're more comfortable and they're going to do it for longer now. Exactly. Exactly. No, that that's, that's outstanding. And, and I can, I can definitely understand, um, you know, that frustration of not having a piece of gear that maybe fits you, but you see how everyone else is using it and you want to be able to accomplish those same things. And, uh, just for those that haven't gone to an in-person event, or uh, gone to your guys' headquarters up there in Idaho uh, and actually been fitted for a pack, you know, if you, for those out there listening, if you are at any of the Mountain Archery Fest events that you guys are going to be at or uh, Western Hunt Expo, I highly recommend that you guys, you know, or if you're in Idaho, go and test out these packs in person at any of the events that Initial Ascent is going to be at because uh, it's crazy. Every time I see someone, uh, either Dennis or Joe, tell them, Hey, we're going to put 150 pounds on your back. Let's start with 50. They get, you know, fitted, they get everything tightened up, right. And everything. And then you throw those two extra 50 pounders on their sides 
And the look on people's faces, I tried to capture that a little bit here at the last Mountain Archery Fest event, and I'll probably post some of those videos. But the people that, you know, and some of these people don't really look like they're in good shape. Like they, you could tell that they don't go to the gym and do squats fairly often. And they can still stand up straight with 150 mm-hmm. pounds on their back. Like that, whereas most packs are either going to slide down your back a little bit. You got to lean forward, engage your core. Uh, you're walking with your walking sticks a lot more. You're, you're, you're leaning forward, which is going to in turn mess with your back in the long haul. Um, I, I think that you guys have done something that, uh, is, I mean, I, I haven't seen it done elsewhere. There's some great packs out there that feel really good until you get about 50, 60 pounds on you. And then you're kind of like, ah, this really doesn't feel good. And the fact that you guys are so confident in your pack that you'll sit there with 150 pounds ready to go and throw it on someone's back at the expo and say, go walk around for a little bit, come back. And, uh, and the look on people's faces when they do that, I I think is outstanding. So you guys have genuinely, you've created something that's, that's really great. I can't wait to pack my first animal out with it. Um, you know, I didn't draw anything here in Utah, but we've got our over the counter elk and then I've got a couple out of state hunts. So, uh, and then maybe a doe, hopefully, you know, if I get a doe, I'll just throw it in the backpack and just take it out whole, you know, (laughs) but, uh, you know, it, it really is something that you guys have have done. I, I, again, want to commend you on that because you, you've, you took, I love people that take an idea. You guys came together, didn't know each other from, from Adam, you know, and, and you came together, started small talk and just came up with this idea, pieced things together and went after it. And I, I really appreciate when people do that. And then on top of that, the fact that you've been successful with it, it wasn't just a failed idea. You guys tried and tried until, until you made it happen. So it's been awesome to, to see that. And, uh, and, and I can't wait to see where it goes from here. Yeah. Thank you very much. It's, it's been, it's been a lot of fun. It sure has. Yeah. Oh, for sure. So we're saying sidekicks here. Are we doing Batman and Robin? Is that what, or what kind of like, (laughs) 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 Oh man. (laughs) That's awesome. So if, uh, if people want to find you guys, um, where can they find you? I'll leave the links down below for everyone. So you don't have to necessarily memorize it, but where can they find you guys at on social media, YouTube, et cetera. Okay. Awesome. I'll leave those down below. And I guess my last question for you guys, because my kids asked me this, uh, if you guys haven't seen their packs again, go to their site, check out their site. Um, it, there's a dude with orange hair, orange beard silhouetted. My kids asked, how did they get your picture and put it on the, the pack before they even knew you? Who, who is the, who is the basis of that? Or is that just something you guys came up with?
Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I was meant to run these packs. That's what you're saying. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. But yeah, no, my kids, seriously, they asked me that because on the packs, it's orange. I know on your shirt, it's uh, it's a gray color, but um, on, on the packs, it's orange. And so they were asking me that. And I, I get people that they'll see the sticker on my truck and they're like, is that one of your new logos? I'm like, no, nope. <laughs> it's just the pack. And then it will get a conversation started about that. But, uh, but yeah, no, that that's awesome guys. Well, I, I really appreciate your time. I really do. I know we all have busy lives. We've got stuff going on and, and I really appreciate you guys willing to hop on here for an hour and, uh, talk about what you're passionate about. And, um, I, I also just kind of want to point out this whole time in your background. I've been looking at the two pictures that you guys have. Um, I love, I love seeing people's offices because it kind of can tell a story of a person and the working hands behind Dennis and then the fire with the initial ascent hat, just, it just epitomizes everything that you guys are about. So I love it. Um, you guys keep it up. And uh, again, thanks so much for being on here, guys. Definitely go check out their packs. Again, I'll leave the links down below and of course get out, live your life and love it. All right. Hope you guys enjoyed that conversation as much as I enjoyed having the conversation. Joe and Dennis are just two outstanding individuals, stand-up guys. They are. They found a problem. Instead of sitting back and complaining about it, they found or created a solution. And I can tell you firsthand, this pack carries weight like no other pack that I've had before. Absolutely love it. And of course, it's got their symbol is a dude with an orange beard. So of course, that's just meant to be, right? But in all reality, guys, shoot me messages if you have questions about these packs. Uh, reach out to Joe and Dennis as well. They're very responsive, great customer service over there, and they make a huge a huge deal about customer service, guys. They want to make sure you're taken care of. Also, I'll leave all the links down below for you guys to check out their stuff, their page, Instagram, uh, and then go over and shop on their website. And outside of that, hope you have had an amazing week with it being 4th of July. Now we're into the weekend. Spend some time with your loved ones. Make memories, guys. Get outside. I know the heat's cranking up. But with that being said, stay hydrated and get out there. I want you to get outside as much as possible. Enjoy it. Soak up the sun. Come join us over at Redbeard's Fit Crew. Come join us over at First Form Outdoors and leave a review on the podcast. Go subscribe to the YouTube channel. And thank you so much for everything that you're doing to help this podcast grow, this community grow. I really appreciate it. Now, with that being said, guys, hope you are able to get out, live your life, and love it.